It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in the third and final hour here on Tuesday. And it's time to talk a little 50s night because we have some guests joining us in the studio with us. We have Scott Pemberton. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for having me here. Oh, thanks for coming in and joining us on the line. We have Don Mahler as well. Good morning, Don. How are you? Good morning, Tim. How are you? Doing all right. And uh, we're getting there. We're just a couple of days away from 50s night. And Don, I know, you know, this time of year, I'm sure is very stressful for you and Scott. Uh, what was it like for your for your grandfather, Joe, when we were getting close to 50s night? Was he calm and cool or was he starting to get a little bit nervous and starting to keep an eye on the forecast and all of that stuff? Yeah, definitely. The, the, the pressure was on, if you will. I know that we have a rain date. And as you said, 50s night this year is July 20th. So we're just a couple of days today. Fingers crossed, weather permitting, um, that we don't have to realize our rain date of July 27th. But to your question, Tim, yeah, absolutely. He was stressed and, you know, he had such passion for the community. He had such passion for this event that he just wanted everything to just go off perfectly. And you've both picked up that mantle and, and made sure that things continue to go smoothly. Uh, Scott, what was it like last year with the return of it after, you know, all of the stuff that we had with the pandemic and well, it was uh, was actually you know exciting for me to uh, jump in and and, and do this uh, for the city. Uh, it's something I enjoy doing, and I love. I'm very passionate about uh, what I do and stuff. And uh, so excited this year. You know, this year it's uh, I think it's going to be a little bit bigger this year than when it was last year. Uh, we got more vendors and hopefully uh, some more food trucks. I know that was a problem last year, is with a little bit less food. So this year we try to accommodate that uh, going forward. And, and, and Don, what do you see as, you know, being some of the, the, the ways to, to expand this and to build upon what, what Joe built and what he started and, and now with the next generation taking it over? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely mindful of, you know, how to make it bigger and better. And we have a team of people that always look at what did we do well and what are the opportunities for next year? So as Scott said, one of the feedback that we had received last year is, you know, love the bands, love the cars, but beyond the restaurants that are locally to downtown, you know, are there other opportunities to just get a quick bite? Um, so this year we have the introduction of a couple of new um, food trucks, and they'll all be parked at the Taunton Federal Credit Union this year. So you have like a little little yeah. food truck food court type situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So we have Club Southern Barbecue, um, Underground Railroad Cafe, Kulik's ice cream, Dell's lemonade, Silmo syrup, and Izzy's Cape Verdean food. Wow, that's a great lineup. I don't know where I'm going to go first. <laughs> I, I know, me too. But I will yeah. visit them all, I'm sure, by right. the end of the night. And but that's a great thing because you've got people walking around with their families, and you've got people who are, you know, they've they've got to feed the kids. So now you know you can eat down there. So there's no need to eat first and then come late, and uh, there's no need to have to come down, walk through quickly, and then have to leave because you can eat while you're down there and and, and make sure that everybody gets what they have to have and still be able to enjoy the night. Yeah, absolutely. And and so now this year, I know one thing that is different 
is that you have actually formed a nonprofit organization to put on this event each year. So how did how did that come about, Don? Well, we had, as we mentioned before, there are a team of people, including Scott and myself, that really band together um, because, you know, we are also passionate about the community just as my grandfather was. And, you know, it's great for these individuals to meet, you know, year over year to prepare for this event, but we wanted to make it more formal. And I think the biggest reason for that, Tim, is, you know, this event costs money every year. So we felt that it was important to really put together this nonprofit to realize our mission of giving back to the community um, and making sure that there's a formal um, means of fundraising. Um, we haven't had the opportunity to do it this year, but having that form in place will allow us to do this in the future. Yeah, Scott, you've done a lot of work in the community. You know that, you know, nonprofit can make all the difference in keeping things going. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and that was our goal was to, you know, get a lot of the uh, the, the vendors in and in, in, you know, to help to, so we can raise money and help, you know, so we, for the, for the following year, you know, we're just trying to, you know, now that we're officially uh, on 501C, you know, it's, it's a lot easier for us to go ahead and, and uh, have money into our accounts. And now we can go ahead and do it, whether it's going to be for uh, uh, scholarships or, you know, I know that Joe used to do it for the, uh, uh, one of the food uh, things, I think it was uh, meals on wheels or something like that. And uh, so we're, you know, looking to be going, to, doing that again. Uh, but, you know, in order to do that, you know, we wanted to, to raise some money, some money. So uh, so we're getting that. You know, we started uh, last year and, uh, you know, we're getting we're getting, up, getting up there. So, yeah, I mean, I know, Don, that you're still, I know that there's a, a benefactor who has been helping uh, to put this on. But obviously you want this event to become a self-sufficient thing where every year you know that you have the funds in there to be able to, to carry through for the next year. Yeah, it's very important. And. Tim, here's a, here's a fun fact for you and everyone's listening. And, and it's a, can I give you a question? Sure. All right. So what year do you think my grandfather started this event? I know this is, I know it was a little over 30 years ago, right? So I would say, what's that, the 1980s? So I would say. Uh, uh, 19, it was either 1990 or 1991. Okay. So, you know, clearly this has been an event in the city for a very long time. And we wanted to really secure that opportunity so that we can make sure that we continue to give back. Um, and as Scott said, this isn't just about the event. You know, depending on funding and how much we eventually raise, we would absolutely love to give back to the community as well. Um, so having that nonprofit will allow us to do both, secure the event, and listen to people and, and uh, make it bigger and better every year, as we talked about earlier, or, and ask, actually uh, give back. And when it comes to giving back, I, I think part of that is because this has been such a great event for people uh, over the years, it's become a signature event for the city. It's something everybody looks forward to. I think that they've enjoyed so many years of this with, you know, this free entertainment, this free event that they get to come down and take part in. I'm sure that you will have people overwhelmingly wanting to come out and support you, even if it's just with a few dollars. But if everybody that comes out gives those few dollars, this event will happen every year without a problem. And, and thank you for mentioning that, Tim, because what we'll also have is, and we started it last year, is um, at each band or each stage, I should say, 
there will be um, buckets. So there'll be, I think they're, they're blue buckets to be specific. Um, and they'll say, you know, Joe Jesus 50s night downtown New Bedford. And that's an opportunity for everyone to give back. So as you said, you know, even if it's a dollar, that one dollar is making a difference and allowing us the opportunity to secure our position for future years. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and just to add to that, uh, you know, we said that like we, you know, last year and we did very well with it last year. And, uh, you know, it's it's able for us to, you know, pay for an extra band or, you know, and have an extra uh, actually, even a couple extra bands and, and stuff, you know. So yeah, it's it's. Uh, the, the, I think we're also going to be doing a fifty fifty raffle this year as well. So we got some other ideas in, in helping us to raise that money, so we can, like I said, continue to have this event year after year for the city. How can you not have fifties night without a fifty fifty raffle? Right, that's it's, right. it's right there in the name. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and what I also think is uh, is important for people to know is, as much as you're doing all of the work of of putting this on, the two of you, you do have people that are helping you, and also the car clubs. I'm sure are playing a big role in making this happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, there are um, there are a number of car clubs, yes, that are directly helping out, but we also have. The Downshifters, Cousins Car Club, Mass Corvette Club, Legendary Street Rods, Mass Cruisers, Bristol County Car Club, and Bay State Street Machines. So, you know, there are a couple of new car clubs um, that we added in there. Um, but we couldn't, you know, to your point, we couldn't do this without not only the support of a couple of individuals, um, specifically around Downshifters and um, Cousins Car Club. They are instrumental in helping uh, this event. Yeah, definitely. Without them, uh, you yeah, know, there is no 50s night, you know. <laughs> and and you got to think, too, that with all of the the cars that are out there, like all of these vintage cars that are around, you know, the, eventually things happen. People decide that they're going to sell them and they're not, you know, they're, or they'll pass them on to their children. So you got to make sure that people start, loving this event, realizing that this is going on so that when they inherit those cars or they, they purchase those cars from these people, they want to come down and be part of 50s night and keep it going. Yeah, exactly. And, we, you know, it's not just for the car clubs. Do we also have a, a role that we also have for, you know, anybody in the, in the city who has a, uh, a car that's in the 50s and stuff, we, we welcome them uh, to come down and, and showcase their car as well. What about if you have like a '73 Pinto that's falling apart? No, I'm just kidding. Don't bring the, don't bring those over the cobblestones. You're asking for trouble. Yeah, as, exactly. As somebody that's owned a few of those cars, you got to be careful when you're down there. So again, this is happening this Thursday. So what time is it all kicking off, uh, Don? So that people can come down and you know what time can they start expecting to see the cars? So the cars will be coming a little bit early. The event um, starts at 5. We will have opening ceremonies at 5.30. Uh, the bands will start after that, and the event ends at 9 o'clock. So you get plenty of time to get out there and see everything. You get plenty of time to walk around, hear the bands, grab some food, and, and see every single one of the cars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and no matter where you go downtown, you're going to be able to hear uh, one, a band anyway. I mean, we got like four or five bands this year. Um, you know, they're also this year added with us uh, is uh, Rock in the Park. Uh, they've, you know, they're down there now at the, the Custom Square. Uh, they've got like three months of, uh, of entertainment there. Uh, so this year we added them with, with us. Uh, and they'll be at the Custom Square Park, and it'll be, uh, and they have their own band this year, and it's a, uh, it's called uh, Monster. Uh, I believe they're a uh, rock and roll country band. 
Uh, so that'll be uh, that's going to be interested. Um, so yeah, so every year we you know we're getting we're going to get bigger. Uh, we have a lot of people that uh, that want to join. Uh, this year we've you know we could have done some other things, but it was timing. You know mm-hmm. the timing is it, it was all about timing. Um, you know we did start off a little late this year. Uh, but you know we still got it going. <laughs> we, you know it's it's going to go off well. And um, well, and speaking of the layout, Scott, is, is it going to be some, set up the same way as it has in the past? So yeah, you know, and uh, you know we have the the map. The map's been online. Uh, there might have been some changes uh, with some of it. Uh, like we have, you know, the food is going to be usually it's going to be in one place this year. But we also have uh, Ian with his simple syrup. He's going to be on Purchase Street. He'll be a little bit separate from. The rest of the food vendors, uh, and he'll be on Purchase Street near Wings Court, um, and and I'm excited about that too because you know it, it's something that's doing a city, and we want to try to get other city vendors and city, the the city involved, and people who have their own, uh, if, if they have their own food trucks, even for next year, you know, please get in touch with us uh, because we're trying to make this, you know, we want to do this a, a city thing with the and get the community involved more and more with it. Absolutely, and, and and of course, all those people who grew up drinking Silmo will remember it and tie it into those memories well, of you know, yeah, you know, I mean, this is the fifties night. All those people could remember the Silmo because that's what they were brought up on. Absolutely. <laughs> and and so so Don, just any uh, other things that you want people to get to know about with this year being any different than in the past? Couple things. Um, one is, I just wanted to quickly review. Uh, based off of what Scott said, some of the live acts that we have. So we have Classic Blend, Phoenix Rising, formerly known as Absolute, Eddie and the Exciters, Monster Country Band, which Scott just talked about, uh, Dougie Botello, Showstoppers, which is actually a dance group, and then DJs Johnny Angel and Bob Bramwell. So as you can see, and all of these individuals are really spread throughout um, downtown East Bedford, so they're not stepping on each other's toes. So it's really, it's almost like walking around and you get a little nugget, a little something different sort of everywhere you turn. Um, so that was one thing. The other thing, Tim, that I'd like to say um, is just this is such an honor and a privilege. And when my grandfather passed away a number of years ago, he asked me, uh, he asked myself as well as, as a couple of other um, individuals on the car clubs to make sure that this event doesn't die. Um, and I took that, you know, very seriously and band together very quickly with the right people, adding individuals such as Scott and others. Um, because, you know, while I don't live directly in New Bedford, it's where I was born and raised. And there will always be a little piece of me, of New Bedford, inside of me. So it's really important to make sure that the traditions live on, not only for my grandfather, but for all of the other individuals that grew up in the 50s, that have passion for the music, that have passion for the cars, because this is the place to be this summer. Absolutely, and it's going to be a fantastic event. We're going to have music playing on WBSM all from 3 p.m. until midnight. So before you go down there, after you go down there, we'll keep the 50s rocking for you. And uh, and thank you to both of you for keeping this going because not only is it something that you know the city looks forward to in terms of getting out there and having fun, but the city loves to do it in, in a way to remember Joe each year as well. So this will be the best one yet, I, I feel. Yeah, we all feel the same way about that. It's going to be one of the best ones this year, yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, we look forward to it. It's happening this Thursday. You can check out everything downtown from 5 to 9 p.m. And uh, it will be, uh, really, it's going to be the best night of the summer. I promise you that. And uh, if not, 
if you're not having a good time, come find me. I'll put on a poodle skirt and see if that'll make you feel a little bit better. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't think they make them in nah, my size. Nah. <laughs> All right, Don, thank you so much for joining us, and, uh, and hopefully everything goes off great without a hitch. Absolutely. Thank you for your time, Tim. Thank you, and thank you, Scott. No problem. And uh, we'll we'll see you down there on Thursday. Sure will. Thank you once again. we got to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we can talk with you, or we can go to the news, depending on when we come back. Uh, 508-996-0500. We'll be back in just a few moments. And welcome back in. We have about a minute here before we're going to go into the news, so callers, hang on. We will get to you when we come back on the other side of the news, uh, and we can discuss more about 50s night. We can talk about this proposed nip bottle ban, the nip bottle deposit. Uh, we can talk about what happened last night uh, in the South End with the police officer, police detective being shot. And uh, we don't have any more details yet on that. But when we do, you can be sure we will have it for you at WBSM.com and on the app. And of course, you can always get all the big news of the day. Go over there and check out some of Barry's stuff. Uh, he's got a couple of very interesting articles today, including what is the biggest hailstone that was ever found in Massachusetts? Well, you might be a little bit surprised because I, I was surprised when I heard about it. I'd seen some big ones, but I never realized they could get that big. So check that out at WBSM.com and on the app. We always have great content for you there. So if you don't have the app downloaded already, go ahead and get it from your app store or wherever you get your apps from. Or if you can't find it there, you can get it from WBSM.com. Just click on the Listen tab and it will email it right to your device. But right now it is time to go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. An American national has been detained after entering North Korea. The United Nations said the man, who was on a tour, crossed the border without authorization. It is suspected that the man is in North Korean custody. The demilitarized zone is a dangerous area in the world with landmines and cameras spread throughout. Police are looking for a gunman who shot three teenagers in Times Square last night. Scott Pringle reports. Bullets started flying just before midnight on 7th Avenue between West 42nd and 41st Streets. That's an area deemed a gun-free zone and very popular for tourists. Police say three teenagers were part of a larger group who got into an argument with a person before they were shot. The teens were taken to the hospital and are in stable condition. The gunman took off. Scott Pringle, NBC News Radio, New York. A popple envoy is headed to Washington in the Vatican's efforts to bring peace to Ukraine. Cardinal Matteo Zuppi will meet with President Biden at the White House later today as part of a three-day visit, where they'll talk about the human cost of the war and and repatriating Ukrainian children who have been deported to Russia by the Kremlin. Authorities in Kiev estimate nearly 20,000 children have been taken to Russia or Russian-occupied Crimea. The burger chain In-N-Out will be barring employees from wearing masks in five states. Starting August 14th, employees in Nevada, Arizona, Colorado, Utah, and Texas will not be allowed to wear a medical mask at work unless they have doctor's orders. The rule will not apply to workers in California where In-N-Out is based. The company says its new mask guidelines emphasize the importance of customer service and the ability to show employees smiles. The Federal Reserve is eyeing another interest rate hike in September. A July rate hike has been taken for granted for some time, but the Fed's decision for a September raise isn't yet clear. The committee will have a chance to analyze new inflation data before a September decision is made. 
Elton John is testifying in Kevin Spacey's defense at his criminal sexual assault trial in London. Spacey pleaded not guilty to several sexual assault and related charges. The musician testified remotely and said Spacey attended only one of his annual galas in 2001, contradicting one of his alleged victims who claimed the assault was at John's gala a few years earlier. The alleged victim has doubled down and that the groping itself happened even if he admits he may have gotten the date wrong. And SpaceX is planning another rocket launch from northwestern Santa Barbara County tonight. The launch from Vandenberg Space Force Base is scheduled for 9.40 p.m. The payload is another 15 Starlink Internet satellites that will be deployed into low Earth orbit. If needed, a backup launch window is available at 10.30 p.m. In sports, the Red Sox and the Oakland Athletics will face off tonight also at 9.40 p.m. The Sox beat the Athletics last night 7-0 in their first of a three-game series. And now, here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. We have another humid day in store for us with a mixture of sun and clouds throughout the day. We could see a couple of spot thunderstorms possible in the late afternoon, but we do have the smoke from the distant wildfires that's going to be causing poor air quality for the day. We'll be reaching a high in the low 80s overnight tonight, partly cloudy and humid, low of 70. And for tomorrow, partly sunny skies and humid with a straight thunder shower in spots, high of 84. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is 70. Three degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. He'll wake you up better than that extra large cup of coffee. No. More Tim Weisberg on WBSM. Welcome back in 508-996-0500. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Oh, sorry. There you are. Hello. Good yeah. morning. Um, I, um, <clears throat> I, I watch your sh- I listen to your show. I'm very uh, pleased with it. And um, I have a, one little uh, question. Um, I bought one of these Seize the Deal coupons for one of the local restaurants in uh, New Bedford. Mm-hmm. And when I went to the went to use it, they were closed. There was a sign on the door, they're closed. And from July the 2nd to July the 20th. And um, on my uh, coupon, it says uh, it expires on July the 19th. And I've called the station, and I've called to seize the deal in Texas, and I don't get any response from them, so I didn't know which way, which direction to go on this or... I don't know if you heard of anything, what to do. Well, or what, what I can do is I can uh, ask Casey, can I ask what restaurant it's for? Uh, see, uh, it's the Inner Bay Cafe in New Bedford, South End. Okay, I would uh, I would say first of all, uh, so what I might what you might want to do is you might want to give them a call on the day they open, and see if they'll honor it. But I'll ask Casey today and see if she can find out. Is there is there a, do you have email? Yes. Can you email me Tim at wbsm dot com and I'll make sure I get all the information from her and I'll pass it on to you when I get it. Okay, I'll do that. All right, thank you so much. Thank you. You have a good day. You too. Bye. And uh, yeah, you don't you don't want to miss out on a nice meal at Inner Bay. Love the food over there. Love. That's another place where they have great octopus. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. You're next on WBSM. Hi Tim. Good morning. Good How morning. Are you? How are you doing? Okay, thanks. Um, 
I guess we're switching subjects here, but I wanted, for one thing, to know if you had a, an interesting trip. I did. I did. Uh, yesterday, one of the last things that I got to see before we left was the Corpse of Trees. Oh, good. It was, good. Uh, and it was very, uh, very, um, I'm glad, I'm glad that I went. I'm reading all about the different Massachusetts regiments that were there and reading about what they did and being the last to leave, the first there and the last to leave. I mean, that's, that just shows we here in Massachusetts, we, we fight for what we believe in. We do. And boy, that's a great segue for me. Thank you. Um, I wanted to, I do want to hear more about your trip, but I, I don't want to take up, you know, a lot of time right now. Um, the, or any time, I shouldn't. Um, the uh, petition signing for term limits for city councilors will be at Stop and Shop on Kings Highway today from 2 to 6. And uh, while you were gone over the weekend, we, we passed the $2,000 number. Uh, I'm always dollaring here. $2,000, uh, $2,000 signature mark uh, last weekend. So we're on the downhill slope now. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So, well, I, 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 I think, you know, with once it gets on there, I've got a feeling that it's going to pass. I think so. I think so. I think you're right. Uh, it'll be very interesting. And uh, I've been thinking, I hope it, it is uh, one of the draws for getting people out to vote. Um, obviously, a lot of um, uh, people uh, registered to vote have been signing this, but it, it's it's sad uh, to find out from people that, oh, no, I haven't voted or I'm not registered. And, um, gee, you know, it's what we have and we've got to use it. Um, so I'm hoping it's encouraging, <coughs> it's contributing to people wanting to go out and vote in November. So I, I think it will. I think you'll definitely see a, a good, uh, well, certainly a better turnout than what we've had in recent elections. We've got to improve on that, I would think. Yes, I hope so. Okay, um, I'd love to hear more later well, um, I'll, uh, about I'll, your trip. I'll tell you, I, I had a fantastic time. I need to go back because I, yeah. I didn't get to see everything that there is to see. And I had I was lucky enough that my friends who had been there you know, multiple years that brought me down there, they know someone who is a local tour guide and involved in all the local history and was able to kind of show us some off the beaten path places. And, oh. and even she was saying, she's like, you know, just come, you need to come here for a week just to do the things people know about. And then another week just to see all the things I can show you that people don't know about. So wow. it's, it's, it was incredible. And I was very fortunate to have the people with me that I did. But I was saying earlier that, you know, you feel a very solemn, heavy presence there. And, yep. and I don't, I don't like to go the ghost route when it's a place that, that has that much, you know, to it. But I certainly, when I got to the bloody wheat fields, I, um, we, we walked out of the car and even though it was like 90 degrees out that day, when we walked out of the car, it was like ice cold air down at our ankles up to our knees. And it was just like all the heat was drawn out and all, all I could picture was how many bodies must have been stacked up on that field. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Okay, I'll listen uh, to the podcast, so uh, see what else you had to say, too. But thank you for sharing that. All right, well, thank you. You have a great day. Thanks, you too. Bye. And uh, and maybe next year, if I go back, you know, I, I'm assuming that they'll invite me back. I didn't do anything that would make them not want to have me. And it's not, you know, it's it's all volunteer. So I'm volunteering to return if they'll have me. And so maybe next year, if I go back, maybe I can do the show from Gettysburg. 
you know, maybe we can set, set it up so that we can do it remotely. I just didn't want to do it and, and try and do it this year because I was sharing a suite with my friends and I didn't know like what the setup would be, but I totally could have done the show from, from the hotel room desk. And certainly I could have set it up downstairs in the convention center. So maybe that's something that we can work out. I mean, if I could, if I had my druthers, I'd want to do it from, you know, out on the battlefield or out in that area, be, be really close to it, which it's possible. It could be done. I mean, I wouldn't do it on the battlefield itself. I just mean from that area, you know, maybe from the visitor center. But maybe we can work that out and have, have it be a special broadcast because, you know, it's... It's something that I think everybody should go down and visit. If you have an interest in history, if you have an interest in military history, if you have an interest in political history, and but just see the way it affected the everyday people. And that's, when you look at the Civil War, that's what you were dealing with. You were dealing with everyday people seeing war right in their, you know, we think about war as something that we do in foreign lands. But this was something that was happening right here and, and people sitting in their homes when suddenly the Confederate army is marching into town, taking over your farm if that's what they wanted to do, burning down your farm in some cases, and everybody's life was upended by it, not just the folks who were engaged in that battle, but the sheer scope of the battle. You cannot wrap your head around it until you've seen it with your own eyes. When we say the battlefield, you think, okay, well, you can see from one corner to the other, but that's not the case at all. And the battlefield as we know it is only a portion of where the actual fighting was happening because it was happening all throughout the town. Very sobering, very somber. 508-996-0500. I have to take a break. We'll be back in a few. or hit us up on app chat or open line voicemails on the WBSM app. You know, one story, well, before I get into that, let me read this quick app chat message. This came in from Not Bad in Oak Bluffs who said, Tim, I just realized that Catherine, the woman who is uh, collecting signatures for the petition to have the city council have term limits, uh, sounds a lot like Julia Child. So, uh, you know, I don't think that's an insult. I don't think he means that as an insult. That's a great compliment. I don't know how well Catherine cooks, but uh, certainly Julia Child is somebody that I watched growing up and said, oh, I would like to learn how to do that. And then when I actually became a cook, I said, oh, no, I could never do that. But one story that I've been following along with, I don't know how much you've been following along with it as well, but the story of the 32-year-old woman who enrolled herself in multiple Boston schools over the last school year. And then she got found out. They found out that she had been forging these documents and actually she'd been 
committing identity fraud because she'd been using real people's identities to enroll herself in these schools uh, until she got caught. So she actually appeared in court. Her name is Shelby Hewitt. She was arraigned on Monday in the West Roxbury Division of the Boston Municipal Court on seven charges, including five counts of document forgery, two counts of uttering false writing and of utter false writing and one count of identity fraud. This is after she enrolled in three different high schools last year, Brighton High School, the English High School, and Jeremiah E. Burke High School. And then she got found out because somebody came in saying, I have to pull my daughter out of school because she's been bullied. And the school was like, well, she's only been here for a couple of weeks. How can she be bullied already? Like this, this seems like a, ra a, a pretty quick jump to pulling her out of the school. Let's see if there isn't something going on at home and that maybe that's the real issue here. And then come to find out, the only issue at home is that she was a 32-year-old woman and not a school kid. So they did show her in some of the video. We can see it at WCVB.com, some of the photos from her, uh, video from her arraignment. And seeing her, she looks like a high school student. She looks like somebody who could easily pass for a high school student. So one of the questions we were asking before was, how did everybody buy this? You know, because uh, like even 21 Jump Street, those cops looked older than the high school kids around them. Although the high school kids were all played by 30 year olds, too, because that's TV. But she looks like she could fit in with those students. No problem. So I don't blame them as much as I did at the beginning of saying, well, how did you all get duped like this? I, I, I can see it was probably pretty easy for them to get duped. She looks like any other high school kid. But I think, you know, when she started asking kids, you know, what are their plans for their 401k? And, you know, do they, where do they, do they ever go to, you know, Napa Valley on vacation to go to wine country? I mean, that, that, those would have been red flags for me. But I think that, you know, the important thing here to note is they, the defense hasn't offered a motive yet as to why she's done this. They said it's still under investigation. The I'm sorry, the prosecution. Did I say the prosecution? The, defen the defense, meanwhile, is saying that she is mentally ill and that this is, you know, the ideation of that mental illness. So it, no matter what it is, it, nobody feels that anybody was in danger by this. Nobody feels that anybody was ever put in harm's way. But there is the problem here of how easy it was for somebody to get into the school so that maybe if somebody had malicious intent, you know, this will teach them how to break, you know, how to shut that down before it could happen. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. Uh, certainly this case, I think we will, um, we will keep following along. Her next scheduled appearance is August 29th for a probable cause hearing. Uh, and if it just mysteriously goes away and you never hear anything about it, that's when you know it became, you know, a mental health issue. And that became something more serious because why would somebody do this? If you were trying to do something nefarious, wouldn't you have tried it? Especially before you would have had somebody come in posing as your father to get you out of it. I think she she did it. She got wrapped up in it. She realized that it wasn't working. Went, left one school, went to another. Same thing happened. Left that school, went to another. And then the heat kind of came on. So she said, all right, well, if we say that I'm being bullied, maybe they'll just think I'm being homeschooled. But it's a very strange case overall. I, I would not be surprised if we don't get some kind of lifetime TV movie out of it. All right, going to take our final break of the program. We'll be back in just a few. All right, we only have about two minutes left. Let me take a quick call. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Good. How are you doing? 
interesting story. So this girl or woman identifies as a student and goes to school and uh, multiple schools and found out and now they're considering that she's got mental illness and uh, sounds very reminiscent of other people that are identifying uh, as something else. And But yeah, mental illness doesn't come up. It just becomes uh, pushed aside in a lot of cases. Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's different when you're charging somebody with a crime and they're using mental illness as a, as a defense. Yeah, that's true. But again, you know, I think that it's interesting that um, the same uh, basic pathway gets treated differently. Um, you know, the crime is a you know pretty small crime, but the fact is, you know, if uh, she sat down with a psychiatrist and they said, well, she really does feel like she's a high school student, she should be able to live her life as a high school student, just like a transgender should be able to live their life in whatever body or mind that they think they are. I just think this is all kind of funny that, you know, it depends on what curtain you look through, but the, the solutions are totally different. So, anyway. All right. Well, thank you for the call. Very different. Have a good day. And uh, we are just about out of time. But uh, tomorrow we will be back with a new edition of the program. Stay tuned for Chris and Marcus. They've got South Coast Now coming up. Uh, also, later on this week, we're going to be joined by the cast, or at least